We're almost out of tape. We got like two seconds left. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? Last thing's picking. I had a good day. Sleepaway Camp yet. Maybe that's a spoiler. Maybe what you're seeing right now is a peek, like behind the curtain, at the order in which podcasts come out, right? As of this recording, it's fucking. I'm blowing my mind. I'm blowing my own mind here in the podcast recording car because I just realized I was like, oh, I'm gonna put up Sleepaway Camp podcast episode and then I'm gonna put up like this one and then I'm gonna put up Sleepaway Camp 2 podcast episode but I just realized that I was like fuck not nah, dude I have like queued up the Sleepaway Camp episode but I could just change that like who could fucking stop me if I wanted to put this one up first and then get like Sleepaway or not Sleepaway fucking 10 Cloverfield Lane podcast up before even that right whoa because if I do that and I am just, I, I continue to think out loud and I continue to show you behind the curtain even though I shouldn't. Uh, I was just like, oh, well, if I put up my 10 Cloverfield Lane episode after I put up the, the Sleepaway Camp episode, like, you know, that will interrupt the continuity, right? Because the idea is I'm gonna do, spoiler alert, I'm gonna do all of the Sleepaway Camp movies that I can do, like, in a row over the course of, I think there's five of them over the course of, like, five weeks, right? Doesn't that make sense? Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Wouldn't that be art? And I guess I could still do that after I tell you about 10 Cloverfield Lane. So here's the deal. 10 Cloverfield Lane was disappointing, dude. There was a lot, there was a lot going for it, but in order to understand my feelings about 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think I have to tell you about my feelings about Cloverfield. Uh, as a famous public figure, you may have been following me on social media for a long time. You may, you know, already be aware of my feelings about Cloverfield. I saw some people today. I saw, uh, oh, what's her name? I can't believe I'm spacing out her name. The girl who wrote all the Birds in the Sky, who's like a writer, Charlie Jane Anders, who writes, or like is in charge of io9 or something. Are trans people in charge of all of the fucking Gawker websites right now? That's interesting to think about. Uh, and I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say that trans people are in charge of all the Gawker websites. Anyway, I saw Charlie Jane Anders talking about how she saw Cloverfield and she really liked it in the theater, but then like hasn't really felt compelled to come back to it and like watch it again. She was like, you know, I feel like 
it was a once in a lifetime, like go see it in the movie theater sort of experience. Like you don't need to watch it again. Then somebody else, I'm literally just reciting things I saw in comment threads on the internet today, but somebody else was like, nah, dude, I went back and watched it a second time and I got more out of it. And I was like, yeah, what about me? I've seen it like a hundred thousand times and it just keeps fucking getting better. Like Cloverfield is awesome. And it's not awesome in a like, let's like apply film theory to it and like you know talk about it in terms of like influences or like all the things that we talk about it's just fucking rules like it's just a movie that rules who can't tell I guess people who threw up because of the the like shaky camera work can tell that it didn't rule like for them that movie didn't rule but I was not one of those people I uh, lived in New York up until 2007 I moved to like North Oakland, California, like right next to Berkeley, uh, in early 2007. And in, it was like early 2008, I think the Cloverfield came out. And I was like, it was a wild time in my life, dude, because I like came out and transitioned while I live in New York. And then it, like worked in the same job while I was in New York and moving to California was like, it was a big recontextualization. Like, I was like, oh, who am I who have, like, you know, I'm still figuring all this shit out. I was just, like, in a major liminal period in my life. And and so I think, as an aside, I was thinking today about how I have this conceptualization in my life of, like, having been into horror movies as a kid and then not being into horror movies anymore and then coming back to them, like, sometime after I transitioned. And I feel like that's not true like when I try to think about horror movies that I've watched I'm like oh yeah I've been seeing horror movies in the theater my whole fucking life like I never started or stopped I started watching Nightmare on Elm Street movies in like the fourth grade or whatever and then just like never stopped watching horror movies but I have anyway I, I tell you that story because I have this sense that like when I moved to Berkeley was when I rediscovered the fact that I like that horror movies are the best and that's probably just not true. That's like a lie that I tell myself to like make my life have a shape that is like, you know, uh, self-congratulatory probably. Um, but anyway, I remember going to see Cloverfield and it like, it fucked me up. Like I went and saw it by myself at the theater on Shattuck. I forget what that theater is. The one across the street from the fucking, uh, the deli where those dudes are fucking horrible and I hate them and they used to make fun of me for being trans and I would go there anyway because I like didn't know better and also like didn't cuss at them even though I should have been cussing at them and like firebombing their fucking transphobic store but I didn't do it anyway there is a movie theater kind of across the street from there I don't know if it's still there I'm told that downtown Berkeley is kind of different and kind of the same right now um and I remember going to see it and I think it was still like maybe sunlight when I came out like maybe I was working I was working at Pegasus Books which is like across the street and down a ways from the fucking bodega that needs to be firebombed um so I'd like walk like past the bodega that needs to be firebombed and then on the other side of the street is where the movie theater was it's probably still there it's been there forever um it's also in the movie theater where me and Alex saw Avatar and I wish that I had made notes for this podcast because we brought so much food and when we went and saw Avatar and I was like talking shit about how much food we brought to Avatar one time and this girl who I've been friends on the internet for like over a decade with um like stopped being my friend about it because she was saying that it's basic to bring a lot of different kinds of food to the movies and have it smell bad and I think 
that if that's basic, that's the good kind of basic, like, we should all be bringing feasts to the movies, right? Like, why wouldn't we bring a fucking feast to the movies? Um, anyway, I don't even remember if I was, like, super stoked for Cloverfield. I think I probably went in having low expectations, which is how you should see a movie, right? You should always have low expectations for a movie. If your expectations get raised, then whether or not they get met, that, like, bar of difference between where your expectations were and how, like high the movie like the level of accomplishment of the movie like when that's different it just seems like the movie is that much more fun right like if you're like this movie is going to be stupid and then the movie is decent you're like that was fine and if you think a movie is going to be stupid and it's fantastic that's way better and I'm just thinking now as I'm going through this sort of like rating system that I'm making up as I'm saying it I'm just imagining there's like an inverse for when your expectations are really low and then like a movie like whatever the opposite of exceeds them is or like exceeds them negatively and it's just like way worse than you thought it was going to be although I think the idea that there are bad movies may be a myth anyway um I went and saw Cloverfield and I think the thing that really resonated for me with Cloverfield was that I had just left New York City and was still like really recovering from my experience of having like had a really hard time coming out as trans and trying to be trans in New York City and so to see a monster fucking destroy it was great dude it was very satisfying and um like I think they're probably like the Blair Witch Project was a found footage movie before that um that was like great I fucking loved that when it came out too me and my girlfriend at the time like we went and saw that by the mall in like Phillipsburg Pennsylvania I guess it's Pennsylvania is it New Jersey the Phillipsburg mall which whether that's Pennsylvania or Phillipsburg I think it's Pennsylvania we went and saw it by the theater by there and like after the movie we were both totally fucked up we both like sat on the hood of my car and were like afraid to drive home which is funny because that's like a wooded area like we probably would have been safer in the car from the Blair Witch than we were outside of the car in the parking lot from the Blair Witch but like we just didn't know what to do with ourselves um anyway that was a found footage movie as was Cloverfield so it's not like this was the first time I had ever seen anything like that but for whatever reason seeing that monster destroy New York I've also talked a lot about this elsewhere um just like it's a movie where you're like oh I fucking hate these people and they're like rich people and they're all like terrible and you kind of hate them and then like they just get murdered like that's what the movie is that's like it feels like that's beginning to reveal itself as the quintessential plot like as you know people talk about the hero's journey or like the thing where like a young man leaves town or a stranger comes to town as like the two like plots that exist or like whatever I think really the only plot that I care about is like here's a bunch of people and then they all get murdered like that may be the plot and every like movie or story may be a variation on that plot right again I'm kind of thinking out loud there may be exceptions I doubt it my point is you don't really like any of these characters and you really like you like New York but you like New York in a way that you want to see it like kind of get destroyed also people I'm not the first person to observe that Cloverfield is a movie that like probably felt pretty visceral because of like the terrorist attacks on September 11th 2001 and how that like made us all feel bad um I also just like um it was a cool monster like those fucking like crab dog things in that movie are awesome and the big Cloverfield monster is awesome I like the narrative of the monster is like a baby that came out of the sea and like is just like what the fuck is going on and freaks out and like is destroying New York City because it's a baby who's freaking out like I think that that's great that's a great concept um 
And just like for whatever reason, the handheld camera explosion stuff was really good. Um, really like effective. I feel like those two things going together, the destroying New York plot and the handheld camera plot is really different from the Blair Witch. And there are probably other handheld found footage, whatever movies between those two, but I don't care. So Cloverfield won, like, I think partially because everybody hates J.J. Abrams, the directors of that movie. And like, when I've thought about it or done research, I've like remembered why people hate J.J. Abrams and been like, oh yeah, I should probably hate J.J. Abrams too. Or like, I do hate J.J. Abrams or like, I should get over myself for liking Cloverfield because this is a bad man. You know what I mean? I've like looked into that stuff, but none of it's stuck. What's really stuck is how much Cloverfield wrecked me the first time I saw it. And I left the theater. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? I remember like stumbling down the street and where we lived was like, if you walk down the hill from Shattuck towards San Pablo, we were like sort of near university. We were like a block south of university and then like a block east of San Pablo. I forget what the street was called. We had this weird lesbian landlord who like I forget what that whole story was we had like upstairs neighbors but maybe the landlord kicked them out so she could move in there maybe she kicked us out I don't remember I don't even wow that was that was a wild time that was when me and my girlfriend got our dog um, and our dog had her only real like friend that she's ever had in her whole life it was this dog named Mavis and my dog Pants is a jerk right and Mavis I think was kind of a jerk too and they would just like sprint around our backyard in Berkeley like biting each other in the face and knocking each other over <laughs> it, was, it was awesome and it I mean now that I think about it maybe that like kind of like rough and tumble relationship is the reason that my dog doesn't trust any other dogs although I don't I guess I don't quite see the mechanism there anyway my point is I feel like Cloverfield has has widely been considered not to be a classic movie, right? I feel like it's like J.J. Abrams makes blockbusters. Is it even J.J. Abrams? It's not that other guy, Michael Bay. It's not Michael Bay. He's the like other blockbuster guy who I associate and then I research and I remember why they're different. But um, like the place that Cloverfield occupies in the like pop cultural imagination is you know, kind of a like, oh yeah, look at this like shitty blockbuster that like obviously we're not gonna talk about the way we talk about like The Shining or whatever like other like classic important film. Um, but like, I think that that like, so I'm from New Jersey, right? And one of the things that we have in New Jersey as a New Jersey identity is that we fucking hate everybody else because everybody else like just like talks facile shit about New Jersey all the time, right? Like everybody thinks New Jersey is a fucking joke and you know, it's awful, like, sure, but we also have this, like, underdog mentality because of that. Like, we're like, yeah, fuck everybody else, we're fucking New Jersey. Like, I have a big tattoo of New Jersey on my neck, specifically because fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> that's New Jersey in a nutshell. And I feel the same way about Cloverfield that I do about New Jersey, except, you know, not exactly the same. But you get my point, right? Cloverfield is this, like, you know, like... People are never gonna talk about Cloverfield in the hushed tones that they talk about like other, like movies that are actually like they consider to be like accomplished classics, right? It's like blockbuster trash in this way that makes me want to love it more. You know what I mean? It makes me want to, and so that's why I love it so much more, right? Like obviously uh, our aesthetic preferences have as much to do with who we would like to be as any objective facts about them, right? And like that's who I see myself as, as a human being 
if I'm human at all, right? If I'm a human being, I would like to be a human being who likes Cloverfield, and luckily it's easy to like Cloverfield because it fucking rules. So, uh, with that established, I should probably talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane, but I don't want to. Like, I've watched Cloverfield a lot of times, and every time I get so stoked, dude. It's just like, it's so good. The monster is awesome, right? You don't see that much of the monster, but when you do, it's really satisfying. Um, I, you know how the thing about like being a pervert is it's like playing with dangerous things in a way that's like safe. Like I feel like similarly, like the thing about watching New York get fucking destroyed by a monster, right? It's like, I want to play with, the, with New York getting fucking destroyed, but in a way that's safe. Um, and so like every time I watch it, I just get fucking psyched, dude. I get stoked. Why did I say, I don't even say psyched. I say stoked and it's... I might be trying to impress you right now with like my patter, you know what I mean? Um, I might be trying too hard. This I might have done some episodes of this podcast, maybe I'm a little cocky, or maybe now that I feel like I've done some episodes that I like, maybe I'm a little insecure, maybe I feel like I need to like, like do better, even though I'm not gonna lie to you, fucker, like, this podcast is great so far, I'm doing a great job. I don't need to be insecure. I like just need to chill out and, and tell you about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, the thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane is that much like the 1989 classic film Elves, the like one of the primary like uh, like sources of tension throughout the movie is this like gendered violence thing, right? It's like this girl and this guy and this other guy in a fallout shelter and the guy who is in charge of the fallout shelter who like built it and loves it and like feels like stoked to be inside the fallout shelter it's like i don't know spoilers obviously like i feel like I sh this should be called spoilers the podcast right because i'm not gonna fucking hold back i'm gonna tell you everything all the time um he like you find out that he had like used this like this fallout shelter i guess it's not a fallout shelter because that's specifically about nuclear this like doomsday prepper like shelter thing to like keep this local girl hostage before like he's like you know uh so like when our main character finds out that that's happened in the past and like he's just like it's just the whole thing is he's this big man and she's this small woman and like he's like made it very clear that she is in danger from him but the question of the movie is like what will set him off like can she navigate this can she get out of this fallout shelter when some mysterious event is going on outside right and here's the thing about 10 cloverfield lane like there are a couple times where like you're fucking you're in the fallout shelter and you're watching the main character i forget what her name is uh but you're watching her like hear the noises of the cloverfield monster from the original cloverfield movie as it like goes over it goes by like overhead right you hear the like like that like you know what i mean like the cloverfield monster was from the ocean like from way deep in the bottom of the ocean and so it had these like ocean monster noises right and so you hear those noises and the movie is called 10 cloverfield lane and then when she finally gets out of the shelter and like you find out what's been going on outside of there the whole time um it's not even like a bunch of fucking clovers like clover is the name of the monster from the bottom of the sea in the first movie it's like it's not even clovers it's these like floating like space alien like spaceship monsters which is cool right like hell yes to like cyborg monsters from space killing people and like 
those monsters also have like little like baby like parasite monsters that they drop much like the Cloverfield monster did except these are different ones they're like similarly sort of underwater looking but geez, they're just like they're not as cool as the crab dogs from the first movie and similarly the like floating spaceship monsters are cool like they're not not cool they're fucking great but they're just like they're not the cloverfield monster and you know when she gets out of the the fucking the fallout shelter it's awesome right like the action sequence that takes place once the movie stops being running on this fucking motor of like will sexualized violence happen or not like it it's great it's a bunch of i'm i was trying to think earlier of what happens because there's like it's like set in a physical space right and there are some like specific specific physical objects in that space there's like a car there's like a house there's a truck there's like some things and it's it's like i never played those video games where you have to like hide behind the wall of like the office so that you don't get seen by the like sniper or whatever the fuck the like stealth games but it seems like a little bit maybe like that or maybe just like the way that she interacts with these objects feels very like architectural or like uh spatial maybe like it's it's like a spatial kind of puzzle with these variables changing in this way that like i thought that was pretty satisfying and there's like at one point the fucking spaceship alien monster like comes up from behind the house and the whole house is like lit up from like inside and behind and it's fucking great dude like there is some cool shit right like no question there is some cool shit but the problem is that they have been setting me up the whole fucking movie to have another clover right like i'm so stoked i'm like i know that i shouldn't like put my response to this movie like i shouldn't put all the eggs of my response into the basket labeled like i get what i want right but like i was saying dude that first cloverfield movie was pretty fucking important to me like I guess that makes it sound like on an emotional level and I feel like it's not a movie that like resonates in a way of I'm like I really like I really identify with this character's journey or struggle or whatever but I mean that movie is great and I feel like it like nailed down a lot of aesthetic stuff for me and just like helped me to articulate some of what I care about in terms of like art right like I'm stoked for like a blockbuster that kind of sucks to be one of my favorite movies like in a way that's not like snarky or like you know like safe pop culture like I'm so hip I only like bad things ironically like there's no irony to how much I like Cloverfield right and I feel like I don't know like that was that's that was valuable to me like in my growth as a person and so I wanted to see another fucking Clover. Like, I wanted Clover to come back. That felt, like, really exciting. I feel like I'm having emotions describing how bad I wanted to see Clover in this movie. I didn't even let myself feel those emotions. I'm, like, getting a little bit, like, feelings. That's that's great, dude. That's How hard is it for us to have feelings, right? And having a feeling right now. Um, so, basically, where I'm going with this is I haven't, like, I stayed away from watching reviews of this movie and like reading articles about it because everybody always spoils stuff and I want to know as little as possible about stuff going on right or go that goes on in movies or whatever that I'm going to go see um because I want to be stoked on a thing on its own terms right like that is a thing that I've realized in my life is just like the less expectations you can take into a thing the better and I feel like this is an example of that um just wish I hadn't been hoping to see Clover again you know what I mean it's 
sad that I wanted to see that sweet baby again, or like, you know, not like literally that specific monster, but like another monster like Clover, right? That's what I wanted, and I didn't get it, and that, that sucked, especially since I was really like gritting my teeth through the part of the movie where it's just like, is she gonna get sexually assaulted, right? Like, is she gonna get like, or otherwise gendered violence stuff, right? It doesn't just have to be about sexual assault. It's like the tension comes from a man being dangerous to a woman on like, you know, the on like, like this gendered level. It's like, that shit sucks, but you knew that she was gonna get out, right? Like, she's not just gonna fucking die in there. You're not gonna like not find out what's going on above ground, right? Like, you're gonna find out somehow. And so the fact that they made Clover noises really led to me being pretty disappointed by what may actually have been a pretty fucking sick monster at the end, right? Like, straight up, those were probably cool. It was just my disappointment in the fact that they weren't the monsters that I have loved for the last however many decades since Cloverfield came out, right? Um, so, I don't know, is there more stuff to say? I mean, there's cool stuff. There was a surprising, like, gun thing that happened, and there was fucking horrible claustrophobic stuff that happened, and, um, I don't know. I guess, in the end, I don't have a conclusion. I, f I keep feeling like I just, like, trail off in these podcasts, and then it ends, and I, sh I feel like there should be, like, da -da -da, or, like, some kind of, like, noise that happens at the end, or, like, I should sample, like, the, like, shredding guitar solos that... Uh, Jim Martin from Faith No More played for like when Bill and Ted do air guitar in Bill and Ted 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But I guess I don't really have an ending here and I think also I was trying to do this thing where I have a cool greeting at the beginning of my podcast and I didn't even do a greeting at this one, did I? I was just like a resigned, like I guess we have to talk about this. Um, I guess I don't have that much more to say about 10 Cloverfield Lane except that, okay, right, so in conclusion, this was originally not going to be a Cloverfield movie, right? That's what I read. It was supposed to be. It started out as this other movie that was just the thing. And, and it could easily have been that. And I feel like the fact that they did decide to tie it into the Cloverfield, right? They named it 10 Cloverfield Lane. And this fucking... It's a scene towards the end. Like, they could have made the whole fucking thing and not have had it be related to Cloverfield at all. Except for a big neon slusho sign in the... Uh, like gas station towards the beginning and then when towards the end like a mailbox gets knocked over that says 10 Cloverfield Lane like if you had took those two things out of the movie it just wouldn't have been related to Cloverfield at all and then I wouldn't have been super disappointed that fucking Clover and the fucking crab dog babies never showed up although I have to tell you, right, if it had not said Cloverfield on it and I had seen that preview of this fucking movie where it's just like this girl being like loomed over by this big man who's, you know, fucking, like, I was scared that it was, there was gonna be, like, rape in this movie, and, like, I would not go see a movie where that's, like, even, like, you know, like, a fucking, like, that's an element of the preview, right? Like, that is not what I'm here for, except that they say they named it 10 Cloverfield Lane, so I was like, ah, oh, fuck, like, I'll totally, all right, I will probably go see, like, any Cloverfield thing, right? Like, hey, J.J. Abrams, if you're listening, I'll go see fucking anything that you put the word Cloverfield in, right? Or even, like, 
put a fucking neon sign that's a slusho somewhere in your preview and I'm fucking in, like I'll do it. But it just sucks, man, that this was what they did with it. Like I feel sad that this is now like Cloverfield Cannon stuff because I just, I just miss that monster, dude.